Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series. Before we get going, just a quick partnership announcement. This episode is brought to you by Bounce, whose mission is to inspire positive change in the way people eat, think and live, which is what the Healthy for Men podumentary series is all about. If you haven't tried Bounce Protein Energy Balls before, they're great tasting, nutritionally balanced and packed with protein, so they're great for when you're on the go and you need a convenient, filling snack that's full of good energy. Grab a Bounce Ball from any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK or visit bouncefoods.com for more information. Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series in association with Holland and Barrett. My name's Tom Rowley, I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine, and in this episode we speak with actor and fitness expert Craig McGinley. Craig had a fantastic role in Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, and you can now watch Craig in the new season of Outlander on Stars. Craig and I talk passion for fitness and Hollywood training routines. On another note, we're super proud to announce that the Healthy for Men podumentary episode, What is Anxiety, has been nominated for a Mind Media Award. So thank you so much for everyone who listened to that episode. We really couldn't have done it without you. If you'd like to find out who wins in the battle between vegans and carnivores, don't forget to pick up your copy of Healthy for Men magazine in any Holland or Barrett store throughout the UK today. Thank you so much for downloading and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Craig McGinley. Craig McGinley, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. And how are you? How's things? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, I'm pleased to be hiding in here on a rainy, horrible London day. <laughs> Typical in Scotland, so I'm, it's, it's all right. It's always windy and rainy, so it's all right. You're used to it, yeah. <laughs> used so, to it now, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're an actor. Um, you recently, your recent big role was King Arthur, uh, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Yeah. And uh, so you, you've often played these sort of warrior types and you've got quite a... Uh, a strong sporting history as well. Um, do you gravitate towards those war- warrior kind of roles or do they usually come to you because of that? Do you know what? There's probably an element, a little bit of both to an extent. I love playing those those roles and that mm-hmm. was my first um, major role, if you like, in a feature film. But I suppose at the time I had a long beard when I got um, sort of spotted to, to, to move into acting and, and I had this beard and that look and maybe physicality and... Um, you know, I didn't know about this role coming up with King mm-hmm. Arthur. You know, I was I was in an advert with the director at the time, and um, maybe he saw something in my look or something at the time. That's what made me sort of go into the audition process and and have it. So at the time, I wasn't necessarily chasing the role as such. You know, um, although I would love to, I guess I just thought it was a distant dream. And mm-hmm. you know, how does this happen for a Paisley boy working as a sports scientist up in Scotland? Um, you know, never really travelled much, um, never really thought it was a, a something that was going to happen. So not not looking for it actively, but mm. just because I never thought it would, uh, thought it would happen. So um, yeah, so that's kind of it, yeah. Wow, yeah, that must have been quite incredible to be, uh, to be selected for that from that having that sporting background. And did you think that you were going to be a professional rugby player at one point? Well, that was the, that was the plan, I suppose. I mean, I, I was always very sporty as a, mm-hmm. as a kid and um, as I got to 16, 17, um, you know, I was a good rugby player in Scotland, got selected mm-hmm. for the, the Scotland Academy set up at, at under 18s level, played in a World Cup for under 20s in, in Italy. And 
I dislocated my shoulder, unfortunately. And the plan was to hopefully move on and progress. And, you know, my goal was to work hard and, you know, play in the Six Nations one day mm. and all that sort of stuff. That was my goal. Um, we all have goals and dreams and that was my, my vision. Um, this happened and... I, I liked the game and if I'm honest, probably didn't love the game actually enough to maybe go back into it. Um, and I went, I wanted to stay in sport though. So I, I looked into doing a sports science master's degree. It was between sports science and, and physiotherapy. I went into sports science, wanted to be more hands-on in the conditioning side with, with athletes and so on. Um, but actually not just from a performance point of view, but looking at injury prevention, bubble wrapping athletes because of the problems that I had had. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that athletes, you know, were going on to the, into the arena. If it's tennis, if it's, you know, golf, even rugby, football, that they weren't going to suffer from injuries and heartbreak as mm -hmm. well. Um, so I really, a lot of my research and my master's degree was looking at um, ankle, knee, hip stability, shoulder stability, obviously, mm. um, looking at mobility and flexibility, proprioception, uh, core stability. So instead of looking at from a young 15, 16, 17, 18 year old boy, you think the it's the mirror weights, isn't it? You know, it's mm. like lifting heavy, all that sort of stuff and neglecting the stabilizing muscles and all that stuff. So I think that was something that I really wanted to get into and, and hopefully provide knowledge to other athletes, young athletes moving through that they wouldn't have to leave a leave their sport, leave their dream um, due to injury. So that was my focus. Did my master's degree at Stirling University and worked with Commonwealth Games athletes, primarily in hockey, swimming and uh, hockey, 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 swimming and badminton and uh, worked for, uh, for the Commonwealth Games in Delhi. So that was hopefully progressing them from sort of 2008, midway through there to 2010 games. Mm -hmm. um, I did the 2012 London Games. I worked with the athletes in Glasgow um, before they, so some of the athletes in Scotland, um, before they progressed on to London 2012 for the Olympics and then Glasgow 2014. And then worked with professional football or soccer players, if you like, in, in Scotland. Um, and professional rugby guys as well. So it was odd working with some of the guys at the Glasgow Warriors that, um, you know, I'd played with, you yeah, know, strange, you know. Um, so, you know, but it was great. You know, I enjoyed that side of it. I knew all the guys, obviously, having played with a lot of them. Um, and there was an advert that was being done for the Commonwealth Games in, in Glasgow. And I trained all the athletes in the gym, did their strength and conditioning, sports mm. massage and things. They came in and they were looking to film this brand launch film. They needed the weightlifter, the, the actual weightlifter. They said he was um, not quite what they were looking for. I think they said he was maybe a little bit short <laughs> um, and said, would you mind stepping in to be the, the weightlifter? Just you can do a clean and jerk. You teach the athletes. Could, could you step in? I said, yeah, of course. I'd never done anything like this in my life, you mm -hmm. know, any modeling, acting stuff. So a bit of fun, you know, and pulled on this one piece weightlifting outfit and <laughs> did a, a clean and jerk. Um, in a cold, it was a cold, wet day in Glasgow out in out, um, just by the SECC lifting a barbell above my head, I remember. So in a one piece, so a lot of stares it was <laughs> from people thinking, what is this idiot doing? But um, so the advert was released and a director saw it and randomly contacted the producers, um, said they liked my look to play a lead role in a short film. You know, could could I act? And they said, I don't know, but you know, here's his details. I don't think so. He's a fitness trainer, but went along to the audition and got the, the lead role in a short film. 
and it won best thriller in LA in Calgary and I was out in LA for the premiere you know it was a, it was a short film I was blown away that this had happened uh, I was still living in Paisley wow, um, yeah. you know I, I th- at the time I thought can I move into this you know should I I've, I've studied I've built up my consultancy business at the time all of a sudden you're in an award-winning short yeah, film short, I was thinking you know it, it did blow me up I loved it I thought like but is it is it something to do on the side at that point? I thought, is do, yeah. or do I really go and chase this now? Um, it was a four-month period of thinking, like, you know, what, what do I do here? I, I met a few people in the industry, um, worked with an extras agency, um, and actually got cast in an advert um, for a whiskey brand. And it just turned out that um, Guy Ritchie directed the advert and I was cast as one of the six in the ad. David Beckham was the the, the, the leading man in it. Um, and uh, it was for Hague Club whiskey. So Guy cast me in that. John Matheson, who's shot Gladiator and things, he was the DOP, Director of Photography, and Mark Wolf did all the aerial shots. Who's um, He's done James Bond aerial mm-hmm. shots and flying around in his helicopter on set. And you're thinking, is this an advert or a movie? It felt <laughs> like a James Bond movie. Like, it just, I couldn't yeah. believe... And that 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 was the genesis of me deciding that's it. I remember that moment being in Glen Affric, Glencoe, looking down, seeing Guy Ritchie behind the monitor, John Matheson behind the camera, Mark Wolf flying in a helicopter, David Beckham on a motorbike, and going, "This is it. I want to be. Me. I want to be an. I want to be an actor now. That's. Fantastic. I'm going to go for it now." And that that was the moment where I probably wouldn't have had um, the guts, maybe when I was, you know. When I was younger, I wanted to be an actor, mm. but I just thought it's never. How do you how do you get into that? No one else. Not if none of your friends are doing it. No one you know is doing it. You don't really. I certainly didn't. My school weren't massively into drama, uh, you know, or, or acting. It wasn't a thing. Um, really, it was either you're a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor, mm. or a professional rugby player. You know, yeah. in a good sport, and that was the thing. So it was never really discussed. Um, that would be my only regret, maybe, that I hadn't started it earlier. So mm. I'm, I was so glad that this opportunity had come up. And although it was an advert, I thought, I really, that's it. I'm going to go for it now. And I, after that weekend, came back and quit my job and um, signed up to an agent in London, moved, um, moved, came down to London for a few weeks and turned out I got, got the call to be offered an audition for King Arthur to play a small role on the film, uh, my character was supposed to actually die in the in the movie, um, be on set for three weeks, and then I got called um, in to play a longer uh, role on, on on the film, which was Sir Percival, so to play one of the Knights of the Round Table, and I was on set for five or six months, six months, and um, you know had to sword fight, train, horse riding, and we were horse riding with a devil's horseman who they work on Game of Thrones, some massive movies. These horses are all superbly trained and looked after very well as well. Had you horse ridden before? I did a lot from the age of five till I was about 16. We used to go to a place called Kilconquhar. It's near Ely in St Andrews in Scotland. As, as kids, we would go you know, Easter time, summer, October week. My family would never go abroad, so we were always our holidays were Scotland basically and maybe down down in England. So, you know, we we would very very outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um my parents don't even have passports. That's how long they've not been <laughs> out of the country for. So it's it's one of those ones that, you know, we I did a lot of that when I was younger, sixteen, seventeen, I suppose rugby really took a hold and yeah. uh, that was the that was the focus. Um and then I suppose picked it up um, again, then we did some training. Um, I picked it up really quickly, actually. Um, you know, again because I, I had 
been doing it a lot as a kid. So um, at 29, I think I would have been um, at the time, um, I was able to pick it up quite quickly. And then we did some horse uh, sword fighting training at Warner Brothers Studios as well with Mikey Lambert, um, who's a terrific um, fight choreographer. He's worked on various movies, James Bond movies and mm-hmm. things. He's um, worked with some, some great actors. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then also Eunice Huthart, who's a fantastic stunt woman as well. So, being able to get the cables, you know, round your waist and jumping on it, you know, mm. off roofs and uh, all, all these sets and castles, and and it was I loved doing the stunt work. I wanted to do all my own stunts, and I really enjoyed that side of it. So, I put on two stone of weight for the movie of muscle as well. So, I was offered a trainer, but I wanted to do it myself because mm. my background, and I wanted to try and. Um, put together my own program, my own nutrition plan. So how did you put on that weight? The the, the biggest thing, I would say 70, probably 80% of it was diet actually. Mm. Um, you know, and then in the gym a lot. So I was in the gym a lot, lifting weights. The first um, third of the, of the training plan, I felt I got a little bit too blocky. I wanted to get size on quickly because I was kind of drafted in relatively late. You know, I didn't have... Nine months, because I met a guy quite close to when we started filming. So um, I met him six months before and then probably was auditioning maybe two or three three months before Mm. we started filming. So I had about 10 weeks maybe prep. So I'd say four weeks after after a month roughly. I was very blocky. I got very big very quickly. Um, but then I thought, oh, geez, I'm, I'm going to have to jump on or off horses. I'm going to have to sword fight. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to be able to be able it's to move get in this movie. I need to move, right? Yeah. So um, I then introduced a lot of boxing, Mai Tai, a little bit of jiu-jitsu, um, some CrossFit as well, and took mm-hmm. away some of the, the really heavy lifting. Still had to put that in, the heavy lifting. That was the priority, but um, to try and look big on screen, that was the, that mm. was the, the key thing. Did but, you lose a lot of definition when you were putting on that size? Um Initially, but I always knew that I was going to cut it back. That was mm. the plan. It was just to get the, the size on initially. My diet was very good, but not maybe great, not perfect initially. And then I really stripped it to be super clean, you know, later mm. on and just eat more. You know, I had massive meals before I left the door in the morning, mm. you know, 5 a.m. And then so it was high carb, sort of six meals a day. Yeah, I mean, it was probably... <sighs> Do you know what? It was probably five, but big meals. Big uh, meals it was yeah. five big meals. At, um, and, and again, I'm not... I'm not someone that say I don't think that you can say to someone you know, you should eat five meals or you should eat eight meals or three mm. meals. Everyone's body is different, and I've worked with different athletes. I've found that you've got to it's a bit of trial and error. That worked for me. Um, five five big meals, even four big meals with you know some snacks in between. You know, mm. not me, um, but five big meals for me was good. And I'd have one in the morning. I'd have I'd go to the gym for two hours. Um, I'd be on set by you know, maybe eight, um, and then I'd have a, a late, you know, breakfast again as well, massive meal mm. in, in the trailer on set, and then, you know, you're having lunch, dinner, and then maybe something just, you know, before you go to bed mm. as well, so, um, but th- it was key, the timing was the key thing, you know, around training, you know, your glycogen stores are restocking at their fastest rate, you know, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes after training, so it was key to get it in quickly, you know, um, mm. I was having about, I mean, 6,000 calories a day, Um about 4,800 was in food and about 1,200 maybe in shakes, you know, so it was like a lot of, um, you know, it was, it was a lot. Um, but it, I, I loved it actually, you know, and I loved getting up in the morning, being picked up at five and going to the gym, you know, because mm. you knew that it was for this amazing project. You know, I never, ever once 
was too tired to get up. You just have that energy. I just loved it. And I think that was the other thing that made me, you know, that was my first project. But knowing that for six months, how good I felt getting up in the morning and going to set and never ever complaining or saying, oh, you know, I can't be bothered today. I never felt like that. Mm. I always just, so that was, you know, I was so proud stepping on the pitch for my first cap to play for Scotland and singing the national anthem. I remember that really clearly. It was, you know, it was, I'm really proud of that. Um, but I have to say, to be honest, walking onto set was maybe even a prouder moment mm. because it was something that I hadn't trained in but really wanted as a kid, but just thought it was a complete dream that would never happen. You know, yeah. I just never thought about it, that it was possible. So I remember stepping on set and seeing a, a real, you know, built to size was Camelot, you know, the castle. And then you've got docks and caves that were all built, you know, and the guys were, even the some of the top actors there, you know, Charlie Hunnam and Jude Law, Jimon Hunso, Aidan Gillen, Eric Bana, they're all saying, mm. you know, these are some of the, like, the biggest sets they've worked on. So it was a real honour to walk on and work with, you know, Guy, I love Snatch and Lockstock, you know, so watching those movies, working with him and John Maths and Gladiator, mm. fantastic. So to hear them all being so proud of this project and then me coming on, it was a massive honour and just a terrific experience, yeah. really, so. What was it like to me, so those... Uh uh, high-profile actors and, and Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? They, they, every single one of them, they were all super welcoming. Um, the question comes up, you know, where did you train? And <laughs> instantly you go, oh no, here, here we go. You know, what am I going to say here? Um, and you think, you know, some people might not like that idea, but actually they were all massively... Um, you know, supportive. So what and, did you say? I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I just had to tell them exactly the story, you know, I've kind of told you, yeah. but maybe a bit shorter, <laughs> you know, to, um, and just, just gone over kind of how, how I've moved into it, you know, and, and um, they were all supportive. And a lot of the other guys, you'd be surprised, have kind of maybe gone through a similar path as well. Mm. You know, Guy worked with, you know, Jason Statham, who, you know, was an Olympic swimmer as yeah. well. And, you know, um, and, you know, he's done very, very well, Jason, hasn't he? So uh, yes. I think, you know, you look at some guys, Jimon Hunso, you know, he was in Gladiator with Russell Crowe. He was in mm. Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio. Fantastic actor. And his story is is terrific. You know, he was... Um, grew up in Africa and mm. told his parents he wanted to be an actor. They weren't supportive. He he moved to Paris at 15 or something. He he lived under a bridge for a while, met some people, sofa surfed, back under the bridge again, got spotted in the street wow. by a modelling agency, scouted for a Calvin Klein campaign. Boom. Massive. Massive campaign. And then now he's a, you know, what, two, three Oscar-nominated uh, actor? Yeah. So, like, you know... I think when I told my story to Jimon and then asked him, how did you get into it? He blew me out of the water a little bit. It's like, wow, thanks, Jimon. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, it was a... So I think there you go. There, there's there's yeah. an example of someone. And I think as long as you work hard now, you know, I'm, um, I watch films in a completely different uh, way now. I can't watch a film without analysing it. I bet you do. Literally Dissecting all the, all the little pieces constantly. and thinking about how people train for these certain performances or whether it's stunts or sword fighting or yeah. do you try and pick up techniques when you watch other films now? Yeah, I mean, not just from the training side, but from the acting side, you can't mm. copy someone, but you can definitely take 100%, take little nuances and, and mannerisms. And, Who's and your, your idol? My idol? Well, this is going to be so random, but growing up, I think I pretty much wore 80% of the time a Superman costume growing up. <laughs> my mum saved a lot of money on clothes, just me running around. And so Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve. growing up was a, a massive icon of mine. I think he was a hero on screen, off screen. Mm. Um, a lot of the charity work he did as well. Um, and 
people don't, I think, really realise how good an actor he actually was, mm. you know, because if you've watched those movies a thousand times like I have, the the third one in particular actually plays three characters in that one movie where he plays the bad Superman, evil Superman, he plays the good empowering Superman and he plays Clark Kent, the geeky, clumsy mm. Clark Kent, which he plays actually brilliantly. It's neglected how well he plays Clark yeah. Kent. A very physical actor, wasn't he's, he? He's terrific. He's, and, and Richard Donner said, he's quoted saying that he was the best actor he'd ever worked with. Mm. So, you know, if that happened nowadays, I think, you know, you look at, there's a lot of actors playing two, three, four, five characters in mm -hmm. a movie actually now, and it's like, you know, uh, instantly, they're, you know, are they going to get an Oscar? It's all talked about, you know. Yeah. That was never mentioned back then. It wasn't really a thing. But he actually, if you look back at that performance, um, it was it was it was great growing up, I guess, looking at looking at that. And that's mm. I think I used to run around and, you know, pretend I was you know, I'd be jumping out of bushes and trees <laughs> pretending I was Superman. That was my thing. Um but those roles, you know, James Bond, Superman, they're they're uh, they're the ones as a kid I just watched over and over and over and over again, you know. And, so when um, there's a call for another Superman movie, will you be at the front of the queue? <laughs> I would like to I would like to, but I don't I think that's a distant dream. We'll see. But I guess do you know what, with with anything now, my mindset's completely changed from when I was younger saying it will never happen. Mm -hmm. Um that attitude is wrong and I think that that's something I've learned and I would tell any young actors, aspiring actors to not have that mentality and to go for it, jump yeah, in. It would anything seem that can anything happen. can happen, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, if, if you told me that I was going to be an extra in a Guy Ritchie movie, um, you know, I would have I been like, no chance, you know. So to play a knight of the round table in his movie, um, you know, it was that that already was a it was a terrific you know honor and I was I was mm. massively happy to do so an old guy a lot I mean he's been super supportive and you know work with working with him twice now um having done the, the Hay club advert and then moving on to King Arthur like he's really um you know helped me been super supportive of me as well and so I would never have thought that would have happened so I suppose you've got to say anything is possible now and um I'm definitely a lot more open to saying why not mm hmm to anything now, you know, I, um, I've quit my job and moved here, so I'm not in it for a, for a laugh. I'm in it to learn, I'm in it to keep moving forward. Um, and that's that, that's something that I want to keep progressing at, you know, mm. I've got my motorbike license now. I don't own a motorbike, but it's like, just <laughs> who knows, you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, you know, sword fighting, horse riding. I had to do scuba diving for King Arthur, very random because there's a moment in the film where I jump off a cliff um, and I'm in this, tank um you know 15 foot underwater if you like and um in warner brothers studios and i was actually underwater for an hour blimey didn't come up at all because they would i'd be able to hear guy under the water saying you know craig you're ready to go three two one action and the scuba guys would come over take the scuba gear off remove the gear off my back and everything mm. step away swim away um <laughs> and uh, they would call action and then i was to struggle underwater hold my breath and then they would call cut and the guys would swim back in, put the gear on underwater because you can't keep coming up and mm. out the tank to do with the pressure. Obviously, it's dangerous. So so that scene's probably what, a minute long or something. Me underwater yeah. is probably about three seconds, which is the mad <laughs> thing. But, the, you know, the scene leading up, um, yes, yeah, it leads up to me then, you know, running running away with the guys, Charlie and Freddie Fox, I think it is. And um, we end up in this tank. And, you know, you, you spend a few hours filming it and that's the crazy thing. That's what I wasn't used to as well. It's, it's amazing mm. how, how long it can take to get the scenes perfect. But that's what guys like John Matheson are mm. absolute 
kings at, specialists at, and guys as well, that they know how to get the lighting right and, and make things look perfect, you know, and how they cut away. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know, I was under the water for, yeah. for that long, you know, and, uh, but I love, you know, Tom Cruise as well. Um, you look at all the stunts and things he does, you know, hanging, does hanging off of planes. He does it all himself, doesn't he? All his he stunts. He does it all and himself. Insane. And, you know, I would, I would love to be able to do that. I would always say, I'm pretty sure insurance might stop me at some stages to do certain stunts, but I would love to think that I can do, um, as much as I as much as I can, yeah. So in, mm. in any movie, and, and keep keep learning, uh, absolutely. So, do you think you're ever going to miss your sports science background, treating athletes, and being part of that journey for for other people who want to get into fitness? I, I I still use it a little bit. Like there's some young footballers I work with in Scotland, maybe at under 13s level. When I left my job they'll now be maybe under 17s level. Mm. Um, and some of their parents even will still come to me and, you know, say, you know, can you send me a programme? Can you give me some, should he be doing this? Should he be doing that? So on. So I still, you know, I'm happy to give out because I'm so passionate about that side of things. Um, and the culture's really bad in Scotland. Um, not by everyone, but in terms of the conditioning, nutrition. Mm. Nutrition and psychology, sports psychology are massively neglected. Mm-hmm. It's like a side note, and um, strength and conditioning is in football, certainly. Not all sports, so Commonwealth Games, Olympic athletes, they work super hard there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's, and that's not everyone. There's a lot of really good athletes. There's tons of great athletes, but it was a little bit more difficult with footballers, just the culture, just, you know, the, the diet and what they think is all right to have the night before a game and mm-hmm. after a game and um, and you're trying to teach them, you know, how to how to eat properly. And mm-hmm. I also think that's possibly a, something to do with team sports compared to that of an individual sport because you don't get an Andy Murray, uh, Mo Farah, uh, Michael Phelps, an Anthony Joshua, Conor McGregor, um, you don't get those guys not eating well or sleeping, not sleeping well. Their their training regimes are one hundred percent. You know, whereas some of the footballers sometimes, you know, it was it, it can be difficult. Um, and that's certainly not anyone. I had a lot of great guys that I worked with, but that's what makes it more challenging as well. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily their fault. It's just the the culture of like what they're maybe some of the the older coaches were used to when they were playing. You know, their habits and things, and it mm. filters down, and it really takes someone to come into the club and, and um, introduce a lot of, you know, nut- different nutrition and um, all these different aspects to try and try and improve it. So I, that that was something I, it was a big challenge in football, but I really enjoyed actually bringing in that knowledge. And your Commonwealth Games Olympic athletes, a lot of those guys just kind of knew what to eat and what to do and they would do it. Um, so there's all these challenges that you come up against and, and taking guys from under 15s level, under 17s level to try and get them to Commonwealth Games, Olympics or first team in football. That was a really rewarding part of the job, I which I imagine, do, yeah. you know, partly, partly miss that. But mm. I'm so glad I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I want if, if you were asking me, what do I want to do? It's 100 percent the acting side mm-hmm. um, moving forward. But um I'm still so passionate about it. I still mm. read, I still research it. I think it's massively useful for acting as well. You look at um, a lot of actors now, that's a big part of it. The training regimes, you know, I had to do that for King Arthur. I had to do it a little bit for Nightfall. Um, I didn't film that in Prague. It's Jeremy Renner produced. It's with, I filmed that with Tom Cullen. Um, 
and th- there was a little bit of training and fight choreography and that as well. Mm-hmm. And I loved the fight choreography. The stunt guys in Prague on that were just terrific to work with. It's great fun, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Dump tackling guys onto a table, you know, uh-huh. fake table, and you know all these fight scenes. It's all choreographed. It's just it's good fun. And when it comes together and you see it, it's it's like being a big kid again. It's like like what I was doing as a kid running around mm-hmm. in a Superman costume. I'm able to do it now. Um, as an adult in my job, so it's, it's good fun. Um, so yeah, you know, I've had to do it for, for for a couple of jobs, and I've I've got a new job. I'm due to start sort of December into July. I unfortunately, can't talk about it at the moment, but I'm going to be filming in Mumbai um, um, and Ireland as well. Was it called? I can't. I can't. <laughs> Caught me there. Just trying to catch you up. <clears throat> um, so uh, so yeah, but that's uh, so I'm playing a playing a soldier, and you know that's something that. I'm really excited, um, you know, to to take that on. I'm, I'm going to try and get out and train in LA as well with a guy called Michael Blevins, who's trained Henry Cavill before for the Superman roles okay. as well. So um, he's your guy. He's getting you ready for your next Superman like, role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I need to get rid of this uh, ginger Scottish beard first, I think, before I play Superman. <laughs> a little but, bit of like diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yeah, so, you know, I know Michael a little bit. He trained at the same time with Henry when he was doing Justice League as mm. when I was doing King Arthur, and I was training myself, effectively. We well, uh, see what they that. did with uh, Henry Cavill's beard in... Uh, the uh, moustache. The moustache. <laughs> <laughs> so they can work wonders. Yeah, they can, uh, yeah, they can do it, definitely. Yeah, they can work, work around it, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, so no, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it, and, you know, I, I know Michael now, and it'd um, be great to work with him. Um, although I did, I've done... I've, trained myself for the last couple of roles. I think it's it's great to take on um, some new ideas as well. Mm. And um, so, you know, that that might be happening for this one. So, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, lots lots kind of coming up, busy, busy, and um, just see, see what's next. But I'm loving the, loving the journey so far, yeah. I can tell, absolutely. Um, so we've been talking recently about masculinity in, in sports and, and mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, so it'd be interesting to get your take on, coming from a sports background, moving into acting, is anything that you would say is kind of emblematic of, of toxic masculinity? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think as well, and if you're moving into film, you know, the a bit, an icon of masculinity has got to be, you know, Arnie, surely as mm-hmm. well in film, right? You look at what the background he's come from. Um, but I would say... Moving into more recent times, we talked about it earlier. Hopefully, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to mention that we're talking about a couple of movies, The yeah. Greatest Showman and and The Star Is Born, <laughs> um, but which we all loved, by but, the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was just checking. I was allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think that's that's a shift in in people's minds that you're saying actually, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Logan, Logan is one of my favourite, I mean, that's a terrific mm. movie, the acting Fantastic and the, everything movie. about it, the way it's shot, that was John again, Matheson, I mean, mm. the way it's shot and everything about it, I love that movie. Um, but it goes from that to then playing The Greatest Showman, and I, I went to see that, I'll be honest, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I was, because I'm still training as an actor, I, I watch, I go to the cinema four times a week now, you know, I watch, it takes me six hours to watch a movie at home, I pause, rewind, instead of two hours, you know. I, mm. I, so, I'm, so I wanted to go and see it purely to see Hugh Jackman and watch, you know. Um, I really liked it, you know, and, and it's powerful seeing a guy getting up there and doing his thing and S- The Star Is Born, didn't think I was going to like it. Absolutely loved it. Mm. I think Bradley Cooper, you know, terrific. They're both great. But 
the there's a real thirst for various perceptions of masculinity now in the way that that's the shift that you've got there's a guy that now you know he's singing he's playing the guitar I think that's powerful in itself mm. you know you know that's something there are two things that I've not thought about doing but I 100% I'm going to make that my New Year's resolution I'm going to get, learn? A, get a guitar anyway for sure I want to do that next year so Fantastic. you know it's like that's changed you know my perception of you know you've got a guitar you know coming from Scotland playing rugby mm. um, if any any of my mates knew that I was going to be picking up a guitar and singing it, it would be the same thing like oh, what are you doing you know come on you know, that's ridiculous. Whereas now I don't care. I just don't mm. care about it. I just don't, you know, I want to do it. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was, thought it was great. Um, I think that's powerful in itself. So there's masculinity. There's a, a shift from where it's just, you know, the, the muscle weights, that's masculinity mm. on screen. There was no, um, you know, weightlifting, you know, um, it wasn't about that. That movie wasn't about that. But for me, it was powerful, you know, and I think that's the, you, you still got both, you know, you see guys sword fighting, doing their own stunts and, you know, that's that's a, a massive part of it. But there's definitely a, a shift. More guys are open to say, you know, I went to see The Greatest Showman. I loved mm -hmm. it. I went to see The Star is Born. I loved it. And um, the acting was very good as well. So, yeah. Absolutely agree. It's probably my film of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, Craig, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us. It's been fascinating. Oh, um, you've shared some really good, poignant stories. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you, uh, in you in your next movie. Obviously, I have no idea what it is. Um, <laughs> do you think you're going to be in a, another Guy Ritchie movie anytime soon? Uh, who knows? Um, at the moment, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's just a, a wait and see. It was great to have worked mm. with them twice now. Really lucky within, within the space of a year and a half. That was an amazing experience. So who knows? Who knows down the line? Maybe. Fingers crossed. I hope see. you uh, are his De Niro to his uh, Scorsese. I hope that's what happens. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, let's let's see. Let's see. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Craig. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers.